0: I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. All right. Well, I am so excited to have Janine Cook in our in our Mother's Gardens today. Uh, Janine is a proud educator, mother, and the owner of my favorite bookstore, Harriet's <laughs> Bookshop. <laughs> Yes, and the the upcoming Ida's Bookshop, um, Harriet's is named after the historical heroine Harriet Tubman, and the mission of Harriet's Bookshop is to celebrate women authors, women artists, and women activists. Janine does amazing community work. She's been honored with a Leeway, she's been a Leeway Art and Transformation grantee and winner of the South Philly Review Difference Maker Award. Her work has been recognized by several news outlets, including the New York Times, CNN, mm-hmm. Ebony, BEC. <laughs> It's all true, though. Uh, (laughs) Barcroft TV and the Daily Mail. So, you know, I am thrilled to have you here and thrilled to be in conversation with you and, you know, would like everyone to join me in in welcoming you uh, onto the show.
1: I I am so happy to be here. Folks should know that before we ever met, you and I were already connected. Uh, They should know that you've done, like, remarkable pop-ups on our behalf. It would not take a single dime or dollar. You know, we had to, you know, send you merch, <laughs> uh, And folks should know that, you know, I, I value you so much. I really, really do, and I appreciate your your presence in my life through this journey. Uh, you know, folks should know that I don't, I, I don't do a single thing alone. Uh, and so, when folks like you reach out and send me love, send me like well wishes, you know, decide to do a pop up on our behalf, help us make those connections. Uh, it's, 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 it's remarkable, right? There's, there's nothing like it. It's just,
0: there's nothing like our sisterhood. And so I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, I was nervous the first time I reached out. I was like, she doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. I don't know how she's going to feel about me saying, hey. But, you know, it it was such a beautiful experience to hold the pop-ups and to be able, you know, to... Share Harriets with people in in the community where I live, and then I actually got to go out to Harriets, which was amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's so good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the funny thing about I'm not funny, but I think um the 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 I want to say sacred sacred thing about sisterhood is that there's almost like an understood, you know? There's an understood. We we like like I said, we didn't know each other, know each other, but right. we knew each other, you know? Right, <laughs> right
0: right um so segueing from you know that idea of sisterhood and what a sisterhood is what is motherhood what do you think um, a mother is
1: great question um so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my mother right my mother um is a woman who, she immigrated to this country when she was 17, Mm -hmm. she, from Trinidad, she said that she thought that, she'd been told that the streets were literally paved in gold, and so she was looking forward to that when she got here, and it wasn't, she, she, she landed in in Brooklyn, (laughs) (laughs) landed in Brooklyn in the early 70s, so yeah, no, um, and, You know, I think she's she's just this this woman who said that she thought she wanted to be a nun when she was growing up. (laughs) So she's very, she's a very interesting person. Um, My mom tells stories about, um, so as some people may know, uh, my mother went blind when I was probably about nine or 10. Mm -hmm. So I was raised by a woman who, you know, sometimes she could see, sometimes she couldn't, mostly she couldn't. Um, She literally just had another eye surgery to restore like 10 to 15% of her vision. Um, just like a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was raised by a woman. My mother was someone who led us by faith, right, mm-hmm. and not by sight, literally, mm-hmm. um, and who still traveled the world, still got her degrees, um, and still had. And, and we also still had the complicated complexities or whatever that you would say of a mother-daughter relationship, right? She was a she was a mother of three daughters. Uh, and did most of that mothering, uh, I would say, on her own. Uh, but did stay in a really tumultuous relationship with my father uh, most of her life, right? And so, like, she got a divorce from my father after they were they've been separated on and off for 30 years before she finally um, just got a divorce this year, right? And so, yeah, I mean, she's a she's a human, right? And I and I, and I like that about her. Uh, she's not perfect. She don't have she does not have all the answers regardless of what she may say <laughs> um, um you know and like one of her favorite faces I got her a shirt made that said um all you have to do is cause that's, you call my mom and say mom you know I'm opening a second bookstore I'm one human being I'm doing this that and of course she'll say all you gotta do oh, is all you gotta do is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll simplify that thing so yeah I, that's my mother um and so I think, just like sisterhood, I think motherhood is a is, is, a, is, an, is an opportunity for a sacred relationship. It's an opportunity for a guide. Um, I am a mother, and I, and similar to my mother, do have gotten a lot of things wrong, uh, or or have learned on the fly. I was pregnant by eighteen, uh, and was in the middle of my sophomore year of college, uh, and and have you know and now I'm watching my son graduate from high school and I'm like wow I can't believe he was a preemie so I'm 18 years old had had this preemie baby right and and had to figure it out <laughs> while I still went to school every day still you know I was in a new city I'm not from here at that moment you know so yeah motherhood is I think motherhood is um I think motherhood is like this like it's, it's like an unfolding Mm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, um, I had my my eldest when I was a junior. I was pregnant with her when I was a junior in college and gave birth to her my senior year. And that it is an interesting experience when you are growing and shepherding a life even as you are still growing yourself and shepherding your own experience. Um, So yeah, I, I really resonate with that that experience of what it's like to come into motherhood when you are still I mean we're growing forever right but like when you are still in like the thick of figuring out your own personhood um mm-hmm. coming into motherhood at that time is a very it humbles you
1: <laughs> If it, nothing uh, else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was in an interview and I thought I was like I had never had a reporter asking something like that but he was like Oh, so what made you not have an abortion? What? And I was like, wow, no one's ever asked me that question. Um, but it's an interesting question, right? It's an interesting question. And I and I think that it's, it was like, you know, you were, you were a child. Like, what made you decide mm-hmm. to, you know, you were in school. Your mother had just moved back to Trinidad. Right. Like, what made you make that decision? Right. Um, and, you know, I think that it's it's like like I said, it's it's, it's an unfolding. Mm-hmm. And I and I had somewhere inside of me I had an inkling that this was something that I could do. You know, it was something that I could do. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so yeah, I'm
1: still trying to figure out some of my friends that I don't know that i feel I'm a successful mom until my child is forty. <laughs> <laughs> so they have been a, a really strong contributor to society. I think my, son, my son's name is Messiah and I think I think he is quite the young man.
0: I met him and he is, he's quite the young man. He is, he really
1: is.
0: (laughs) So in thinking about that unfolding, has your understanding of your mother and your understanding of motherhood, how has that unfolded? How is it different now than it was when you were growing up and observing your mother?
1: You know, it's, I, one of the things about my mother is, um, she has she has all of this strength and I'm always wondering, like, you know, sometimes I think strength can be um, it can have it could be an enigma because it's like, well, I have so much strength. Let me see how much I can put up with. Let me see how much I can take. And I just always wondered about that with her. Like, you know, why? Why do you take so much? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and what did you ever think about what that example, like the effect that that example would have on your daughters? Mm. um especially the, the the stuff that i saw her take from um my father right cuz she ain't take no stuff from nobody out in these streets <laughs> but when it came to him she just took a lot of junk and i just i never i just never understood it um and i and i think that you know i think that over time i came to understand how one could take a lot of junk <laughs> mm. and how one could 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 think that um that that love and junk were were like intertwined because uh, then I had my own experiences as an adult and thought oh I could see how somebody could make those types of mistakes whereas like when I was younger I just could not I couldn't understand it at all it was just like you know how do, how, how do you allow someone to treat you that way um, mm-hmm. when you are this just amazing beautiful person like what, what's going on there um, and how do you
0: how do you allow that person to treat us that way? You know. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. So, I guess piggybacking off of that a little bit, what are what were the lessons that came out of that experience? What did you learn from watching your mother, and then what did you learn from what she told you? Because there's those mm-hmm. two ways in which we're mothered: the observation and then the direct lessons that
1: we're taught. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I learned, um, like I said, uh, there's a, there's a, so there's a lot of tenacity, right? Like my mom's like, she's like, she can become very determined, right? Mm-hmm. And so as she was losing her sight and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, like, you know, I'm on my way to middle school. I think it was, she still had us like, um, reading to her out loud, typing up her papers, um, we still dropped her off at you know we still took her to school she was she was getting her master's degree she continued um she was going through whatever she was going through with that relationship she continued um and i think that that, that level of perseverance right and just like i like when i talk about having like like this like, faith that you won't believe. Like, to watch somebody move through the world without being able to see and to move as though they can see. To move as though, you know, and to watch people move out of her way and to watch, like, just to watch that kind of strength mm-hmm. um, that she embodies, that, that level of perseverance that she embodies. And still, you know, still to this day doing that kind of stuff, traveling the world by herself, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't... So those, and I think that part of her really set the ground for my understanding of what was possible Mm -hmm. right like I you know I I tell people sometimes the story like she would just do what I felt like was miraculous things right so one time I was I was ready to go get my driver's license right but I didn't have this paperwork and that paperwork and this paperwork and I was like mom they're not gonna give it to me and she was just like don't tell me what they're not gonna do and so I was just like all you gotta do is I don't have that I don't have that and she's just like just come on like You know, all you have to do is. All you got to do is. Right? And so we go up in DMV and she, this is down in Virginia at the time. So she's like talking to this person and talking to that person and come here, sweetheart. And yes, dear. Right? She's talking to all these people. Next thing you know, I'm walking out and I got it. I was just like, this is great. I I was like, mom, how did you do that? Right? Like, how did you do that? Um, And like I said, she's just one of those people Like she has. She has, a, um, like, if she, once she puts her mind into something, it's like, that's it. It is what it is. It is already done. Uh, and I, I see myself as I'm growing into myself more and more, moving in that, like, right, being able to say, like, this is what it is, and this and it's already written. And I do not have to, you know, I don't have to cry about it, and I don't have to stress about it, and I don't have to whine about it. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's already what it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that, that that lesson is definitely there. Um and I'm trying to think what what kind of direct things. I think that that direct advice is really like all, that, that all you have to do is, is really direct advice for my mom, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she can break anything down in small steps and make it accessible and make it like possible. If you really, you know, all you got to do is, you know, whether it's like, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to cook this food or I don't know how to host this event or I don't know how to, you know, she's just like, it's, oh, it's, simple. it's simple, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that.
1: Mm -hmm. so
0: what were the ways in which your mother raised you that were aligned with your spirit in particular with you as Mm -hmm. an individual and your you know
1: unique being Mm -hmm. yeah um so what they say is that my older sister was just like she was, my mom tells me this all the time. Like, my older sister came and she was just off. She was everybody's baby, right? Everybody, was like, you know, she's going here, she's going there, she's going there. And I was the exact opposite. And maybe my mom made me that way, right? Like, it was like, I'm not going nobody. Don't you even ask me about going to your house. Like, I just be like, I, uh if my mom will be there. If my mom to be there. I won't be there, right? I wanted to be wherever she was. Uh, and she allowed me to be that way. She allowed me to be soft. She allowed me to be. Um, warm she allowed me to be close, she allowed me to be um you know it was okay if i was if I was scared it was okay if i didn't if I, if she she trusted it like you know I think a lot of times what people interpreted when I was little as shy was very very discerning. and she trusted that discernment in me and allowed me to have it without like you know you have to know like if, if I said i wasn't i'm not <laughs> she didn't mm. you know
0: yeah and as as an adult looking back on that how do you feel about her giving you the space for that especially being a black woman and being given the space like you said to be soft to be scared Mm -hmm. you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i think in a lot of ways i i i really appreciate that we had a lot of her and i had a lot of intimate time together Right, like you know, we didn't, we did a lot of one on one. Um, and especially before she went blind, like I, I had no idea that she was going to go completely blind, and so to have gotten the chance to, um, for her to see me, um, uh, is, is a big deal. Um, and you know, she also, right, like, she also wasn't that mom that was like, no, well, you can't go do things and you can't go try things, right? And so as I became more comfortable, right, we used to come, my, me and my best friend used to come up to Philly, like, right after school. We'd get out of school and we'd, we'd drive to Philly and we stare at City Hall and we eat, you know, eat a vegan cheesesteak back then and then, you know, get back to, get back on the road to Virginia. And she would let me do that. Um, and when I said I'm moving to Philly, she was just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and and she she just, she wasn't, she also wasn't a hoverer, right? And so she allowed me to make a lot of my own decisions. And I think that that was really helpful for me as well.
0: Mm. So what is something that when you look back on your childhood, that you wish she might have done a little differently, if there is anything that you wish yeah. you done differently.
1: Yeah, I think that she should have. Um, I would have. I would have loved her to reconsider her relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the institution, at least the church that she was in, mm-hmm. um, um, was culty. Mm-hmm. You know, cultish, mm-hmm. and I think that it was not. Like those types of environments don't necessarily um, breed creativity and innovation and like you know individuality. Like those types of environments, at least the one that we was in, was very like restricted, Mm -hmm. conservative, and this is the rules, and you this is how you're supposed to look, and this is how you're supposed to dress, and you know this is how you're supposed to speak, and like a lot of that, you know, was ridiculous, and I think that it was just an it was unnecessary. Boundaries, un- unnecessary limitations that then you have to like you know cr- c- you know climb out of. Right. Um, and I don't think that environment was necessarily really supportive to her either, right? Like I think she she loved this concept of this higher power, and I think she loved the community of it. But I don't think that you know, and I think she loved speaking and like sharing. Um, but you know, she had a a lot of light, and I and I've seen in those types of environments where again, they, they, they work to dim that, like, if you're in, you know, anything outside of, like, you know, whatever that box is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then I think that's what made the, a part of what made her decide to stay in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Because it was just, like, you know, this was a, you know, a God sanctioned marriage, and so it's, like, you know, this do until your death, right? And so I think that she she took those vows in church, and I think that she she met them, and that it it you know I think that she did that at the um you know at the at the risk of of hurting herself and those around mm-hmm. her, isolating herself and those around her
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, you know wishing that she hadn't put up with as much stuff from your father and that she had considered what seeing what seeing her put up with that stuff would do particularly to her daughters um Mm. what were things you feel like you had to unlearn because of witnessing what she put up with
1: yeah i mean the stuff that i think i'm still unlearning tasha like stuff that i'm still like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh that's not how that's supposed to look right like you know like especially things around interpersonal relationships and around love and um you know, like not feeling like you have to perform to receive love or that you have to bend or break, right. To, to, to receive love or, you know, like that part I think is really, um, embedded in what happens when you're a child of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just like it created a fight in me that though I am, though I am, I'm happy that I have a, a certain level of fight in me. Um, you know, I can, I can go, right? Like if, if it feels like something's about to go down, mm-hmm. it, it does take me there. And I have to really be able to like measure what, what, what's at, what's really at risk here and what, cause I can be like, yo, we're, but it's about to, it's about to get unsafe, I'm going to protect what's mine. Um, and that I think comes from out of the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. It, it comes out of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then feeling like, you know, I still haven't really repaired that relationship with my dad because of it. Right. And I don't know if there I don't know if there is any repairing that relationship with my dad. Like I still, you know, sometimes we joke and call him Mr. You know, like the color purple mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, just being raised under like a a really like, you know, un, unrighteous regime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So in the midst of that did you see your mother mothering herself? Did you see her take make space to nurture herself? And if you did, what did that look like?
1: Um, I think again, back to the church environment, it mm-hmm. was very much like all of her extra time outside of work was dedicated to the church. We were the kids that were in church on a Sunday. We were mm-hmm. we were in church. We had, you know, Bible study, we had choir rehearsal. You know, we had children's church, we had Sunday school, you know, so it was like, I, I was telling somebody, um, you know, I had never been to like a museum when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. right? Like I had never been, you know, so it's not only was she from another country, so she kind of had the different idea of what um, culture was, mm-hmm. right? But then when she came here, I think that she got into the church so quickly that she really never got, uh, you know, adapted to this new world mm. she just was in that church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I just think that, yeah, I, I think that she really, I didn't see a lot of her mothering herself and caring for herself in a, in a way. Like my mom, is she always, I think like her nails are like a thing, right? Like that's how she kind of measures that she's taking care of herself is that at least I went and got my nails done. I got my me time, you know what I
0: mean? <laughs> right,
1: um, right. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think – and then, you know, as we got older, I think I, I saw her, you know, when she moved to Trinidad, she worked out a lot. She still went, like, you know, I, which people were like, what? Well, how was she working out? How was she going for runs? My mom still went for runs. <laughs> 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 um, and so I think that was probably a part of her self-care package is just kind of being – like, keeping herself active and, and moving. Um, and then finally, like, carnival. But, like, she still – she, she still participates in carnival and making sure that, like, I think that was a part of her like staying connected to her roots and allowing herself to have a certain amount of freedom. Um, so yeah, I think those are probably the ways that she did it. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen her do more and to do more of that.
0: So do you feel like you mother yourself and how, and if you do, how were you able to come into that practice given the fact that you didn't really see it see your mother doing it? Um um I think it's interesting. I think that
1: I've adopted some like mothers along the way, right? And so I think that Harriet is like my mom, right? I think she's a version of my mother. Um I think that, you know, I also have my grandmother, right, who and some, it's like I get an experience of what womanhood looks like, feels like, um, motherhood looks like and feels like from from a different perspective, not just my mom. Um, but I think I also do struggle with, like, the self-care part of things. You know, I think that, you know, when I took the other day, when I, was, yeah, I posted, like, I, I'm taking a few days, that was because family was like, you take a few days now, it's time, right? It wasn't because I was like... Uh, you know, I'm gonna. You know, I, I had I had some vacation planned or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, okay, people around me were like, it's it's it's, it's time for you to um, rethink how you're going to, you know, go into this next phase. And so I appreciate having people around me like that who who can do that for me. And I also think my sister did a lot of our mothering. My older sister, right, because. Because our mother went blind, my sister used to have to do our hair, and she used to have to read to us, and I was, you know, she used to have to take me to school, and she would have to, you know, she had to sign, you know, like, sometimes she'd sign my paperwork, like, and this is, you know, she's not that much older than me, but um, in a lot of ways, she's definitely a mother, a mother to me.
0: Mm-hmm. So, can you tell me a little bit, then, about your other mothers, your grandmother, Harriet, your sister how have they informed the way that you look at mothering and the lessons that you carry with you? Um,
1: hmm. I think my sister is very, very honest. right? Like, like, she's super honest. Um, and she's very, very logical, right? And so like she, I, could, I, I know that I cannot approach my sister with the bullshit. You know what I mean? My sister will call it out. And she can see right through it, you know what I mean? Um, and its I think that, you know, I like that about her. I like having somebody like that in my corner, you know, who is like, girl, bye. <laughs> I think we need that, you know? Cause, you know what everybody's talking about, you know, your shit don't think, no, girl, bye. Your shit is uh-uh-uh, you know? She's so, she's so super like that. And just very logical, like, you know... Okay, so you, I mean, she's who I went to before, before when I was just like I was. I had met an edge, and I was like, I, I want to be, a, I want to be a writer. I want to be a writer. And she was just like, Girl, you've been saying that for seven years. Like seven years, you've been saying it, right? she pulled up all these emails and all these text messages, and was just like, Look, look, look. I'm look. Mad she pulled up the receipts. She was like, You know, based on results, you don't want to be a writer, you know? And it was just like, Ooh. You know, and um, and not in a not in a mean way. She's not mean spirited, right? Like just very, very honest. Um, so that's really that's really uh that's really funny. Um, I think like I was talking about her Harriet last night, of course, because I'm like you know think I think about her a lot, and was thinking about what it meant when she went back. Like the first person she went back for was John Tubman, right? That was her her husband. And right. this was someone who married her while she was enslaved and he was free. Which I'm like, how? I don't know, you know what I mean? Right. And I think says a little bit about him already. And then when she got back to go get him, he was with someone else. Right. And Marianne was talking to me, like, she was telling me how like um, back in that day, like it was a really big deal for women to um buy their hug buy their men suits. Right? like it was very like it was very hard to do very expensive but if you did it it was like a, a sign of your love she you had a suit with her and everything for him
0: mm.
1: and I just was thinking about like well what does it mean um you know what is it like what does it mean to to care for people and who who can't return your care mm. um mm-hmm. and what does it mean to to sacrifice parts of yourself for others especially people who, you know, just, just aren't worth it. Um mm-hmm. and or can't can't really they can't really accept it. They can't like they, they don't they're not even in a position to, to understand the kind of love that you give. Mm-hmm. Um and so Harry makes me think about that. And I think, you know, you know, it just kinda it, it bothers me from time to time. thinking about um my own impulsivity and being able to Make decisions from a, a really like calm and rational place, and not feeling like I, I'm like you know I'm like this you know, mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes um, that that place is not it's not helping, it's not helpful for me, right? And so for the other for other people, it's like oh where are two going? And I'm just like you know I'm right, I need a break. <laughs> right. I, um, yeah, and so Harry makes me think about that, and then you know I think about my grandmother who stayed married for, I think she's been married for 52 years or something. Wow. Uh And again, like it's just another, just a different version of like, well, what does it mean to be a to be a wife? What does it mean to be a woman? You know, what decisions do we make based on like social values, and what what decisions do we make based on like our own sense of um, self and purpose? And she makes me think about that. Right. From her,
0: from, from a different perspective. Right. Right. And, you know, how outside of motherhood, how have you cultivated and, and what have you cultivated in terms of what you think of womanhood? How have all of these different mothers shaped that? And what does that look like for you right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think what I think about a lot right now is sisterhood mm-hmm. and what it means to hold one another up and what it means to really like to, to lean on someone and let someone else lean on you and, and, and just how to do that well. And I just, I think that there are a lot of secrets in that. There are a lot of like secrets to how to to live life better. Um, and I think about like what it means to like have like strong platonic intimacy. Mm-hmm. I think that's like I think that's something that I, I haven't thought about until more, most recently. Um I think I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, like in our society, it really feels to me like things are out of whack because women are, you know, we've been subjugated to a, to a second class to the same position. And we've, we basically like now started, like we've gone along with that lie, right? When in reality, I, I do strongly believe that we had, had, had we not gone along with that lie and subjected ourselves to that, we see a lot of things be different. And I do think that the pendulum is swinging in such a direction where we are coming into our, our rightful place. Mm -hmm. um and that that's going to that's going to mean a a lot for society but i also think a lot about us just not taking on the taking on the roles of the oppression that we've experienced and not Mm -hmm. becoming like that right Mm -hmm. and so you know that's what i've been thinking a lot about when it comes to womanhood right like i i've applied for this grant so that i can i don't know if i'll get it but i really want to study matriarchies although yes Thank you, sister. I'm matriarchy, right? from like, all over the world, and I want to understand what works, and I want to, I want to understand what hasn't worked, so that as we move into that in in our society, that we have some tools um, and some strategies for for ourselves, so that we don't become, you know, that thing that we don't like. Mm.
0: And what are what are the aspects of a matriarchy? That you feel will aid in our collective healing. What do we need from from matriarchy?
1: Um, you know, and then I'm i actually even I like, oh, well, what if it was a what if it wasn't a matriarchy? What if it was a patriarchy? Or what if it was, a, you know, I was like all these like playing right. around with all these ideas, but um, I think at least so it's my relationship with my sisters has been so instrumental in my development as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I think because it allowed me to, you know, not only see life through my eyes, but like to kind of experience life through my sister's eyes. Mm -hmm. And and my sisters are very, 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 very honest and they're very, very strong and they're very, very beautiful. And so to be in company with all of that, um, I think just only pushes me forward and helps me to, to see myself in that light mm-hmm. and I think that that is a part of what gets to flip you know I think that you know I was saying to myself like you know it's not as though it's like women were all we were already we've always you know managed the society anyway right but we've been managing it with like a foot on our neck and so it's like, and, and you know, and behind the, the cover of it, so nobody knows you're back there, right? Managing everything, and somebody has their foot on your neck constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is like, why would we do it that way? Like that that way has to has to stop. And I think that having been in a position of like um, being oppressed and being like under that 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 regi- that kind of regime. Um we understand what it's like not to treat other people that way, no matter who they are mm-hmm. right It's harder to it's hard to to access that when you have never experienced it.
0: Mm-hmm. so thinking about having a foot on your neck um and the ways in which you know our culture oppresses different groups of people, how do you think? your mother your mother's mothering of you was affected by you and your siblings being black children and particularly black children in America
1: yeah, I think it was okay so when folks look at us we, we look black like you know like this 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 social construct of black mm-hmm. um but we were raised by this woman from this from a very other another country with very different customs and traditions mm-hmm. um. You know, and so I think that for for me, it was like my my mother came from a country where black people led everything, right? Like where it's like there is there was no there aren't there even very few white people in her country at all, right? Mm-hmm. And though they had a colonialist background, they also you can go there and see black people do everything, right? There is no like that's all, that's what all she knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember her, like, being, like, cause my father's American, right, and I remember my father would, like, get hush-hush when he said the word white, um, and he, you know, he would, you know, get a little bit more, like, submissive in the company of, like, white folks and not feel comfortable, whereas my mom was just, like, very different in that way, like, she's very, like, I, I, wish, a, I wish I wish, I wish a motherfucker would kind of person, right, she just didn't have that, like, um, you know, fear, Or concern, or even like, you know, like she just didn't have it and didn't. And I also think that she didn't instill it in us, right? And so she was very much like, um, you know, my daughters will only have black dolls, you know, so if somebody ever gave a white doll, she'd be like, throw that out, you know, you're not, we're not, that's not what we do here. Like she was very like that um, in her time, you know, and I think that I get why she was like that because it was just like, what you won't do is give my daughters a complex. Um, it was also very like, um, she was very particular about our media, right? Mm-hmm. What we were allowed to watch, who we were allowed to take in, um, in terms of like, like the values that things had. So she was like, you know, all that cartoons and like things that she, she was just very particular about it. And if she caught that there might've been some sort of like underlying, um, you know, bias happening in, in our media, she was, she cut that, she would cut it, she would cut it and she would explain it, you know, in real time. And I think that, I think she was just hyper aware of, of what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: And I think what you just said is really amazing. Not only that she would cut it, but that she would explain it, you know, for many, um, people of our generation, our parents' generation, was not necessarily big on explaining things. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, I'm telling you to do this and me telling you to do it should be enough. You Mm -hmm. don't need explanation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, I mean, that's amazing that your mom not only did things, but took the time to explain to you why she Mm -hmm. was doing it. Um, And how did her offering that explanation and telling you why she was doing the things she was doing, how does that then inform the way that you show up as a mother.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at when I look at my my son, right? Like while he was in the incubator, I bought him all these Amer Baraka books, right? And I had them all around his incubator, right? And, I, and his middle name is his name is Messiah Amer, right? And, Like I was like, and though I was in Asar as his other middle name, right? Like he's so I was thinking about ancient Egyptian, like. Like I was like in my mind I was like, I'm gonna I want to give him as much power as I can like I want him to know that he knows that he knows that he knows that he came here equipped to to do the work of a Messiah um so he, if he were to choose to um and you know I was looking at that he wrote about that in his college essay and I thought it was so interesting right to talk about how his name like how at one point it was like. It felt too big and it felt like almost mm. like oh gosh you know what I mean like what am I going to do with all of like all of this um and then to also now start to see himself like as able to walk in that mm. um but I, I think that you know like I just never wanted I just never wanted my children to feel inferior mm-hmm. right like I, I talked to them about the lie. And I don't even let them use this term white supremacy. What? There's no such thing. You might call that a white illness. You might call it a white disease. You might call it a white affliction. Um, but I don't call that supremacy because that's not supreme, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, that's never been supreme. What's supreme is, is love. Like love is supreme, right? And so it's, it's, it's but, and so we talk about like me and him we talk, we, we debate, we get into it, right? Like he goes in, and, you know, he's not into like mommy too bad. He's teaching me all types of stuff. Um, he started a project called Black Archives where he's like pulling out Black Archives off the internet and like, you know, sharing, putting them on T-shirts and sharing them with his friends. And, you know, he has this podcast, you know, where he talks about like, I, he's, he's just interesting. That's amazing. I like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I like him so much. And he's just really, really, um you know, there's things about him that I'm like, boy, you know, but a lot, of, <laughs> what did you say to me, you know, but a lot, a lot of who he is. I think it's just informed by um, a, a sense of like, yeah, nah, right? Like, not, nah, nah. I'm not like, I'm not breaking to to the. I, I I just don't think he's going to break under the pressure of institutions, right? right. And I think that he understands that he came there to to stretch those institutions. And so there's, you know, there's teachers that call me like, you know, your son told me that I was being, you know, sexist towards him. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, can you say more? Right? right. Like, what happened? What was the experience like? Right? right. He's like, I mean, he like, you know, he works in a bookstore. Like the boy reads, the boy is on it, right? And there's things that even the teachers are like, you know, right? <laughs> right?
0: You're not gonna put one over on him
1: not Not so not so easy not so easy especially like that like you know i think there was a lot of like things that wanted to make us feel inferior especially during our generation when we were little like very like small implicit things that made us that, that kind of tried to send messaging um and he's just so funny about it like you know look at look at you know he's so analytical look at these look at these characters look at how they painted them just like why all the why all the bad guys painted with black you know additional features and you know i mean this is him that's just how he that's him and so i'm like fix it do something about it that's me fix it then That's,
0: that's gonna be your all you gotta do is that's your, that's yours <laughs> well fix it
1: then <laughs> that's what they say for me they be like oh my god Are you want to figure
0: it out queen <laughs> like, you just figure it out that's figure it out you got it you got the whole internet no you food. got it <laughs> you got it
1: you can read you know how right. far along that takes you right you got it <laughs>
0: right um So it sounds like your son has a very expansive sense of himself and the world that he lives in. And so if you were to offer advice to someone who's a new mom, a mom who's raising a teenager, I got two of them right now, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, what would you offer in terms of advice for raising a child with an expansive sense of self?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think that I've been thinking a lot about um, like the personal plan, right? And like really getting into what the individual wants, needs is, right? And it's just like in understanding that like what I could say to him and what he needs is so very specific to him. And that it doesn't, you know, it could completely not apply to to mm-hmm. the next child. It can be just completely, like, irrelevant. Um, you know, and what he, just who he is. Like, this little boy, like, I remember I would take, because this is me, I'm an entrepreneur when I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. And I would take all the kids, like, my nephews and everybody, and I'd buy everybody packs of water. And I, you know, I'd do like, all right, we're going to compete and see who can sell the most water in, in, in two hours. And we'd be downtown or whatever. This little boy was six, seven, just out there, like, <laughs> you know, would you like a water please? Would you like a water please? You know, like the other children, like I don't really want to, he was like, you know, he would come, he would win every single time. He would take everybody else's water and go out, right? Like he just never, like, at least my experience of him is that he he never had a sense of um inferiority, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's really interesting, but that's him, right? Like that's very specific to him. Uh, and, you know, with my nephews, uh, they're all, everyone's just different personalities. That They need different things. And I try not to, I think, I just try not to do the one size fits all model. Mm-hmm. And I encourage educators to think about it like that, too. Because I think sometimes it's like, this is what I'm teaching today. But you're teaching, you know, 20 different individuals. Mm-hmm. And they don't mm-hmm. all need the same thing. They don't all want the same thing. And I know it's much more difficult to think of it in that way. Like, that's why I don't believe in that one to 20 model. Right. It should—it really, in my opinion, should be 20 to 1,
0: mm-hmm. right? And
1: if there were 20 teachers of 20 educators who were surrounding each of the children, imagine where they'd be, mm-hmm. right? Versus, like, trying to throw one individual in there to kind of get this blanket approach. It doesn't work. Right, right.
0: So what is, in your approach to mothering, what is something that it was really important to you that your child... You're a black child. No. Um.
1: I I, I strongly I strongly um, believe in self determination, and I believe um, in speaking, like understanding the power of your words and understanding like what words mean. Um, and like doing etymology and like really getting serious about it, what, what these words mean and what words you're going to use and how you're going to use them. Um, and just like, I, I, I want, like, I was, um. I've been thinking a lot about this song, The Greatest Love of All, by Whitney Houston. Right. And thinking a lot about what does it mean when she talks about like the children being in the future. Not on some hokey stuff, but like on a real in a real deep way. Like, what does that mean? And how do you teach them well and let them lead the way? Like how do you do that? Um and how do you get out of their way? Like how do you make sure they have what they need but you're not in the way? Like how do you make sure you're a guy but not like a um, you know, like this like girl, this is what you need to do. Um and it's not easy, right? It's not like you get it right 100% at any point. But I think it's just so important to kind of be like, you got it. You got it, right? And, like, right. see what, what what they do, right? Children run the bookstore, right? Like, that's what I tell them all the time. Like, when you grow in areas, who's running yeah. things, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and, and it's because they can. And because now that they have the – they they understand that they can, they can – Keep going, right? When you leave the bookstore, you can you can continue. You've already done what many people haven't even started yet, even as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So, but isn't it true when you go in there, who's in there? Yeah, it's the kids. It's <laughs> and are they good? Yes, they are. They're, they were wonderful. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. And
0: it was so. I mean, I felt all special. They were like oh, hi. And I was like, hi. I was like, is, <laughs> is Janine here? I was like, I'm Satya. And the minute I said who I was, they were like, oh, we
1: know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're really there. Like They're really there. You yes, know? I yes. A woman called from Florida today, and was just like, I want to give two scholarships to two of your, your youth conductors, the young people that work in Harry's Bookshop. And I was like, really? That's beautiful, right? And so I'm like, she was just like a $1,000 each. And I was like, Wow, like she was just like, simply because I've seen them in action and it is amazing to me, right? Because all of the the public images that we get of young people are so like, you know, terrifying when in reality, nah, right? Like they're out there. When we were on the streets giving out books, it was them, like they were leading that charge, right? I'm like, okay, I gotta do this and that and this and that. And like, you know, and they were like, yeah, we got it, we got it. And they grabbing other young people and like, you're coming with us, right? Um, and I, when if anyone would ever ask me what should be done about violence in Philadelphia, like that's what needs to be done. You need to get out the way, and you need to let young people figure it out. You need to give them the tools and the guidance, but you need to let them run it. They need to run that. They need right. to take that on if that's if they so choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's so remarkable. So I, did, I told another friend, I was like, yeah, a woman call from Florida. She's sending scholarships, so but she was like, oh, well, I'm gonna match her. On their scholarship. (laughs) What? So that's, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. She was like, yeah, because I know how they do too. They really are in there working
0: hard. They are. They are. Yes. It was, it was beautiful to see them confident and, you know, encouraged and, you know, just you could see how good they felt. About what they were doing and being in community in that way with people, and like you said, n- nobody was there like looking over their shoulder or micromanaging them, or any. They were given the space to be. Mhm.
1: Mhm. And they, I, like I tell people all the time, and then they turn it out for me. I'm like, what? Like they're like you know, because they, they were so adamant about this TikTok, and I'm just like, I don't need no TikTok, I'm a bookstore, you know, I need books and they were just like, no, we need a TikTok, Miss G, they called her Miss G, we need a TikTok, Miss G, we need a TikTok, Miss G I was like, alright, do it, they were the ones who got Isabel Wilkerson to Harriet's bookshop, because that TikTok wow. that they made went viral, and you know, all of a sudden, people are like you know, getting sending it to Isabel Wilkerson to the point where she came to Harry's bookshop and signed like the only signed copies of cats that existed because of the pandemic. Yeah. And so it was just like, yeah, exactly. Teach them well and let them lead the way, right? And I and I I mean, I, that's that matters to me.
0: Right. Right. No, yeah, I I love that song, but thinking about it in that way, really mm-hmm. sitting with what she's saying gives it, you know, renewed meaning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I asked them I asked three of them to write me about what it was like for them to participate in the in the um, uprising. It was what it was like for them to participate in protests for the first time this summer, um, and to go to Kentucky and to you know be out on the streets really. Mm-hmm. And it was just it, it just it blew me away. they they're, they where they are. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I just love it resonates so deeply that idea of who a person can be when the things that get in the way are cleared you know for children but for all of us you know Mm -hmm. even as adults when we get out of our own way when the other obstructions are cleared and we are given the space to be who do we then become
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you think about Harriet's right, it's a five five hundred square feet of space that we like. We were like, we're gonna do this to it and we're gonna do that to it. I mean, every single piece of real estate in there, I'm like, we can do this with it, we can do that with it, we can squeeze this in there, right? And that's like what, what we did. This year, it was with 500 square feet of space. And when I go back through my journals and my old notebooks and whatnot, I'm constantly inviting to myself, you know, I just need a place of my own. I just need a place of my own. I, like, And how many of us just never had a place of our own? Like a place to just, like when you talk about our mother's garden, like a place to just, grow to flourish to just accept sunlight and accept nutrients and just to like see who we are and what we are so much of our experience is spent under the like you know the, the arm of you know having to do this or having to do that or choosing to do this and that because that's the social socially normal thing to do or acceptable thing to do and so i have to be this kind of woman and this kind of wife and this kind of mother you know and so and it doesn't like also include me just sitting in a bookstore and just like you know figuring it out but that time that space yeah that's where it's at yeah
0: thank you for listening to this episode of our mother's gardens if you want to support the show you can make a sustaining donation on patreon by visiting our page our mother's gardens please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.